When it's 3 p.m., Jess and Renee both want an afternoon treat. So they go to McDonald's for icy cool frozen drinks and Minute Maid slushies. Only Jess's favorite is frozen Coke, while Renee's is pink lemonade slushie. But it's cool. They respect each other's choice. It's not just a drink. It's a McDonald's drink. Make your summer pop with a Minute Maid slushie, frozen Coke, or frozen Fanta, like wild cherry and blue raspberry, starting at $1.59. Prices and participation may vary. Limited time only. Celebrate the 4th of July from the comfort of home and save on must-haves during Kohl's Friends and Family Sale. This Thursday through Sunday, take an extra 20% off festive tops for the family, patio furniture, and get 10% off outdoor toys. Plus, get Kohl's cash. Plus, limited contact store drive-up. Shop Kohl's and Kohl's.com. Offers valid June 25th through 28th. 20% off with promo code FAMILYSHOP. 10% off toys, offers, and coupons do not apply. Select styles. Some exclusions apply. See store or Kohl's.com for details. Tony Pervenanzi, who is actually serving a one-game suspension. Uh, just kidding. He's unfortunately couldn't make it. He was planning on it. He actually planned the trip for us, bought the hotel, looked into everything, but last minute couldn't make it. We might talk about that later. Safe to say we miss Tony, but yeah, uh, yeah. we're going to kind of struggle on and a little bit. We're, we'll, so we might have to struggle through this a little bit without him, but uh, we're going to give it our best and see what happens. But uh, we are actually joined by... Chad Thomas and Corey of Two North Elite. We're actually we should be joined by Connor with uh, Forward Union, part of the flock, later on in the episode as well. And uh, of course, I have to mention where we're at. We're in uh, we're at the One Barrel Brewing Company in beautiful Madison, Wisconsin. So we've got a lot to talk about today. We've got to go over the. Minnesota's form or lack thereof maybe over the last three games we need to get into the last three league games I should say because yeah. then we're going to talk about the, uh, the U.S. Open Cup match against Sporting Kansas City just a few days ago and then we're going to get into a few other things of course we're going to talk about Ford Madison we're going to talk about the flock and Ford Union and the rest of the supporters groups here and then hopefully get into a little bit of the U.S. Open Cup discussion and of course we're going to mention the World Cup and the World Cup. We'll bring up uh, a few things about that. And uh, so, yeah, why don't we begin with uh, the brewery, One Barrel Brewing Company? Um, it's about a mile northeast. On I guess you could call it the east side of Madison. Just about a, yep. it's about a mile away from Bree Stevens Field. Um, what do you think? It, it's a nice spot. Um, I love the. It's obviously an old building. Uh, they've got a small brewing operation, uh, and then they contract out for everything else. Um, really cool spot. There's a lot of people here. Um, in fact, when we first got here at noon, immediately following us, there's a group of like 10 bikers that showed up. And by bikers, I mean bicyclists. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a fun spot. Their beers are great. We've had... 
Well, you've had a couple beers. I've had the breakfast beer, which was an imperial stout. Fantastic beer. They serve it in a coffee mug. Yeah, which I thought was pretty cool. And of course, we've I've had we I think a few of us are having, but uh, definitely got to bring up the the uh, Ford FC, and that's the beer that I'm having. It's actually a cherry Kolsch, but uh, it, and you, we're gonna buy a six pack later. But they, yeah. they can it. They sell it to the local stores. Um, yep. Obviously, it's uh, Ford Mass and Dean, and the cans yeah. look great. And it, as far as the cherry cherry Kolsch goes, outstanding. Yeah, it tastes fantastic. Yeah. The other one that I've I've enjoyed so far is the uh, Wango Mango Tango. It's uh, it's a mango blonde ale, and I, I thought of John Andriski when I uh, tried it because it's something he would love. It's a really really light beer. It's actually not as fruity. You, you see the word mango, I get a little worried that maybe it's a little bit too fruity, but not not at all. It's extremely light, easy drinking. Great. What do you guys have? Forward. I have a forward. Yeah. I'll also have a forward. Good choice. Corey, what did you have to drink? I'll do it. <laughs> All right. <laughs> yeah, I should mention that, uh, yeah, thanks to uh, Adam. He's the general manager here today. He's been serving us the beers. Um, he's been very welcoming. Actually, the entire place has. And it's, it is it's a great spot. Like you said, we're used to kind of going into breweries when they open up, and uh, usually it's kind of empty, at least for the yeah. first hour or two. But this place is hopping from the get-go. Yeah, I'm glad that we came here at open because yeah. it would have been bad otherwise. Yeah. Tucked in here, and I, I will mention just um, that they're this is actually they're actually four weeks ago they they opened up a second tap room up yeah. in Door County, uh, Egg Harbor actually to be specific, but that was four weeks ago. Yeah, you know, and that's a place that as a Wisconsinite you are supposed to go. Yes, at some point in time in your life. So far, I have not. Or you have? No. Uh, I've been up yeah. there for work, but okay. I have never vacationed. I've been up there for in the winter time. Okay. Fishing, okay. Up there during the summertime, but I heard it's really nice. Yeah, I, I've heard great things, and they now there's a brewery up there. Well, at least one. Uh, yeah, sounds good. So let's uh. Get Let's into get the into the game. Now, yeah, like I said, lack of form. The Loons are actually on a, uh, a three-game uh, losing streak in the league, in league play, that is. So we're going to we want to touch on touch on the games. You might kind of go through them a little quickly, especially the ones that happened as we sit here and speak maybe two or three weeks ago. So why don't we start, like I said, real quick because it kind of was ugly, especially at the end with Atlanta. In Atlanta, it was a weekday game. It was Wednesday, I think the 25th of May. Ended up losing that one three to nothing. It probably sounds a little worse than it actually is. Uh, David, what are your thoughts? Uh, well, initially, my thoughts are fuck Atlanta. Yep. Uh, uh, and I second. I, I just feel like we were a little bit outclassed. Um, and I don't know if it was just the the away game experience that we've had over the past two years, now two and a half, um, but it just felt like Atlanta was a bit sketchy this first part of the season, and now all of a sudden they're kind of getting their groove, hopefully not, but maybe, and it, I don't know, Joe, Joseph Martinez, I mean, he scored two goals, we had some chances, we didn't finish. Brad Guzan had a save that, my God, I don't even know how it didn't end up being a goal. 
So I was I was in Australia. I didn't get to see the match. I was pleasantly surprised, like you said, it, because of BN Sports, you can actually watch MLS games in Australia in real time. Yeah. But so I didn't get to watch the Atlanta Minnesota game. But what? what how about in the first what 20, 23 minutes before Atlanta scored? Was there any kind of sense of a game? I mean, I, I thought it was okay. I mean, I, I haven't been impressed with Atlanta all season, so. Overall, I'm feeling pretty confident that we might get some sort of result. It, you know, yeah. I thought we started off pretty good. Like even after we went a goal down, we were doing pretty good. And then it was like that last like ten minutes after they scored the second one, and it was just downhill from there. Yeah. yeah what, yep. If I'm wrong, like the Joseph Martinez, you mentioned he was two goals. Wasn't that that was in extra time? Yeah, that was yep. like in yeah. extra time, if I remember correctly. Not, not pretty. Anything else you want to add on that one? Otherwise, we can skip right through. They have a really nice uh, following on the weekdays, apparently. Oh, how was the crowd? It looked empty. Oh, yeah, it, it was a lot they, lower they, than usual. They advertise that they're like the biggest, like have the most fans. But like, if you have the most fans, your fans would show up for a weekday game. Look at us when we played uh, LA Galaxy. Our stadium was pretty packed. Well, and it, your fans will also show up when you're not. And they've, I've seen on Twitter that they've complained about the fact that they're, they've lost like 10,000 fans from their average or whatever it is. And it's like, well, that's because half your fans are plastic. <laughs> so I, I may or may not have made an angry tweet about that after. <laughs> but yeah, that's all I got. Okay. Yeah, so it, then, it was long enough ago. It's not worth talking yeah, much. So, and, and then, like you said, midweek game. It's tough to travel on a midweek game. Part of the MLS schedule that's it's just going to be happening. But then yeah. it's the following the following Sunday. Then they played Philadelphia at home, which yep. uh, I guess that game's fairly significant for one reason in particular. But uh, again, I was out. Uh, so David, I'll let you kind of give your view of that game to start at least. Yeah. So it was the Pride match. Uh, we got to see the training tops. Which I thought they were pretty impressive. Yeah, they're pretty cool. Uh, I like them. Yeah, and unfortunately, we didn't sell them beyond the stadium, right? We so they're sold in three. There's they the way they do that kind of stuff is they sell them in three tiers. So first, Fanatics sells sells a certain number on their on their online, and then the team sells a certain number, and then Adidas sells a certain number. So I think Adidas is went on sale last weekend. Oh, yeah. So, but at the stadium, it was minimal. I think they had 200 for sale. Yeah, I had to get into the stadium about 60 minutes before the match started, and they were running low at that time. I managed to get one myself, but they were out of certain sizes. So you could get one now, though, through online? Uh, It depends on what they have left. Yeah. And it's only through Adidas, because Fanatic sold out in a couple hours. At the stadium, they sold out in a couple hours. And, it, you know, a bit disappointing for the fans. We didn't get to see the Pride Tifo. Yeah, which, technical difficulties. Yeah, it was kind of windy. Technical difficulties, yeah. It was very windy. I mean, yeah. I can understand. Based on home opener, I can get that. I'm pretty I get sure that. we'll see it in the near future. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Yeah, I mean, overall, I thought, you know, we were, we had our chances. We... It was a really great penalty or uh, free kick. Not yeah. Penalty. And, it, free and, kick and was that's amazing. the big thing. Vito had no chance on that yeah. one. Yeah. And it, my biggest complaint with that game 
which I'll reiterate again with Colorado, was we cannot win games where we control the game. Yes. It's incredible. And it, I, I wish that people would pay more attention to our Twitter account because I post these things yeah. and no one pays attention to it. And it's like, my God, we've only won one game where we actually had more than 50% possession. And that's, and that's what I always say. If we're going to win, I actually prefer to see our possession percentage under 40%. Okay. Yes. Yeah. So this one against the Union, it was uh, 54% in favor yeah. of the Williams. So. Right. And statistically, 29 shots. 29 shots. 14 uh, blocks, right? And that, yeah, 14 blocks. I yeah. think that was one off the MLS record for block shots in really? the league game. Oh, yeah, which is so. You know, we're talking about the lack of form. You know, they there are three winless games, and so from you guys watching this game at the game, you know, what's your feeling now? Are you? Are, are, is it? It's not lack of chances created then if you have 14 block shots. Is that just bad luck? So my thinking is, is they took too many shots where they took an extra step, an extra dribble, angles were off, things like that. They were also taking a lot of shots from 15 yards out plus. So they weren't getting it you know, close to the six. They weren't. It was just... Bad shooting, bad touches. So yeah, okay. And you know, I think I I mentioned this maybe in our texting. Yeah, it's it's one of those things where they just don't seem to know how to place a shot. Exactly. It to me seems like they're looking for that play that will get them the goal, and they get up there to that final point, and they don't connect the pieces or take the moment of opportunity to make the shot. Yeah. That would get us that goal. They take their time and then they they've lost that window of opportunity. Exactly. It, it's there's no one times. There's no there's no take a step and shoot. It's take a step, think, take a step, shoot, and it's too late. Yeah, it's interesting you bring that up, and I mean, I can I can I could relate it to um, hockey and actually the Minnesota Wild. You know, I feel like you know over the years they've had trouble scoring. And I think it's been because of the fact that they try to be, they try a little too hard, or maybe that's not the right word. It's they might be trying to get the perfect goal, They're trying to be yeah. fancy. Exactly. I, I feel like that's what Darwin's trying to do a little bit too. He tries to be a little too fancy, and then he just kind of like misses or something else happens. You know, the past couple of matches that we've had, we've had the shots line up on the side where we pass it to the center in the box, and then just. By that point, their defense is already in there, along with our player. It's hard to get that moment of opportunity when you're trying to make the plays from the side, right? Like yeah. that. And it, you know, it's hard to talk about this now that we've had a a good game in Open yeah, Cup. Yeah. Yeah. But Darwin, my God, I mean, he's obviously been on a slump. Something's gotten in his head. Maybe it's out now. Maybe. But it, it's one of those things where it's like, look. You were the number one guy last year. You're not the number one guy anymore. Deal with that and figure out how to work with it, your teammates. Because it just seems like, and I'll bring this up with Colorado talk, it just seems like he feels like he needs to do too much. And I don't yeah, think he does. Agreed. I think we have a very, honestly, I think we have a very talented team. In my opinion, I think on a good day, we're top three in our conference. And it, 
it just we just don't need him to do as much. Right. We're just we're scared to make those non-safe plays. Yeah. Yeah. Because I mean, you specifically mentioned Darwin, but it's not just Darwin. And, uh, oh no, no. We're yeah. going to talk, talk about the U.S. Open Cup match where things were hopefully turned around. But as far as league play, you know. Um, I guess going in, if we're talking strictly about league play, uh, can you tell me the last time a Minnesota offensive player forward has scored a goal? Forward or, mi- or it, forward uh, midfield? If you want to include what, uh, if, th- if you say Angelo Kick scored the goal against DC, that would probably be the last one. Yeah. But I still think, I personally, it was Montaner. Yeah, yeah, it was Montaner. He, he was. Yeah, it's that was like in the right place at the right time. Yeah, I think, I think going back, it, so I guess I should have clarified that's my fault. So if, the last league game scored by a non-defensive player was Columbus. When yeah, Ethan the, that was Ethan's. Okay, yeah, yeah. And so and that was May Amazing. 18th. That was May 18th. So yeah. it's we're we're gonna be over a month without a, a goal scored in league play by a non-defender because the next game is not until the 29th, I believe. FCC. Right. And it, and so with Philly, we had we had Dotson get his first goal. Oh, that was a great goal, which was phenomenal. phenomenal. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I hope, obviously, right now our personnel is a little thin. I guess you could say. That's a good, that's a good word. Um, so he's been forced to play in more defensive roles. I would love to see him play as an eight, where he can kind of box to box. Yeah. I mean, because, I don't know. I think uh, I think he's got that defensive mind. He's got the ability to recover, which is incredible as a rookie. If I'm and he's got an eye for goal. If I'm not mistaken, I think that's his actual... Position that's what he actually plays, but, and we're, yeah, and we're short on manpower, so that's why he's there right now. Yeah, and he was involved, you know, he didn't make his first start until recently, but uh, he, he was involved in the games at least early on. Yeah, so that was right. he come in as a late sub, he, he subbed yeah. in and at that first game against Vancouver. Oh, first yeah, game. yeah, okay, so I mean, that's huge just getting him into the game, yeah. and now that we actually need. Dotson to step up and start. Here he is with a little yep. experience under And, uh, you know, of course, Kevin got his first goal. Yeah, and that's why I got to correct myself. So it couldn't, I mean, he wasn't lined up as a defender. Right. So Well, previous to that game. Yeah. You were right. Uh, and it, which is great. I mean, if we can actually use Kevin the way he's supposed to be used, it'd be, it'd be nice. Um, I know I haven't been critical of Adrian too much, but my God. Kevin is not a 10. It'd be nice to see him played in his position. I get it he plays that sometimes with Trinidad, but he he's excelled outside. He's excelled being able to use his quickness. As a 10, he's just not technical. He's not. Um, but it's it's good that he got his goal first time back from, from the ACL. Uh, you know, I, I love the fact that our guys are getting healthy. You know, we obviously have benefited greatly from Ethan being back. I, I think it applies some pressure to other players with Kevin being back now and healthy. Uh, I I would still love to see a 10 in the summer window. And we have a ton of money to do it. Yeah. When does the summer window open? Is it uh, July? July first, I think. July 1st. Right. So soon, just a couple, reason, couple weeks away. 
and I could be I could be wrong because you know I would be the first time. For some reason, I want to say June fifteenth. I want to say today. Oh really? Yeah. I mean, in the day in the day of uh, technology and being able to access anything at our fingertips, I suppose we could confirm that. Yeah. For some reason, I always think it's June fifteenth. I could be thinking of the European window. Do we not coincide with the European window? I thought we did, but yeah, I don't know. Dave will check that. It's, yeah, it's taking a long time to oh. over here. Sec- oh, here it is. Secondary transfer window will open on July 9th before closing on August 7th. I mean, yeah, that's Yeah, that's not the European window. No. So we must not coincide with the European window. It overlaps, though? Yeah. Obviously. Yeah. A 10 is like a position that we need. Like, we don't need any backs anymore, any defenders. Maybe yeah. one as a in the as a sub well, for me the one thing I've been wanting to see this whole year is, is I actually want to see Greg Lush play the 10 he's done it a bunch for Slovakia he's got the technical skill to play the 10 mm-hmm. he's got the passing skill he, you know, he's got the defensive skill to play the 10 he's, he's got it I don't know I didn't know that yeah I'm pretty sure he played the 10 the last time yeah. He played for Slovakia. Yeah. Last oh, week. He can he could certainly keep defenses honest, couldn't he? I exactly. mean with his long range shot capabilities. Yep. Yeah. Exciting. Yeah. And Darwin's yeah. an original winger. Right. Or, yeah, and you know, I don't he's not he's not a striker, but he's well, like he's like what Carlos Vela plays. Yeah. One of those type of players. For, for me it's a, it's the Adrian D. Let's get a player and play a modification to see what yeah. we can do. It, it's incredible how he, he thinks that. I yeah. I don't know. Uh, so I don't know. What else could we say about Philly? I don't think there's. The game was pretty good. It was just. Yeah. It was, it was open. Yeah, it was I open. And it was like, open. I don't know. I don't know what uh, Brett was thinking. Heading a ball that was at his ink, at his shin, but yeah, it's an unlucky defender mistake and stuff happens. And it's going to happen. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, could you sum that game up as exciting? I mean, could you say it, it was exciting? Yeah, yeah I, I think it was I, one of the best I, games we've had yeah, all season. I would yeah. say so. I was I was pretty, like, into the match the entire time, you know, cheering and stuff. A little frustrating. I mean, yeah, the ending was frustrating, but it, overall it was a pretty good game. I yeah, was, I brought a non-soccer friend to the game, they took and the uh, he loved it. They yeah. took the late route. Philly took the late lead, or yeah. a late lead. What was it? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, at, at least we lost to Philly, not like some other club, <laughs> Colorado. <laughs> and Philly's won. They're still they're still pacing the East, aren't they? Yeah, they're yeah, they're they're, in, they're, yep. they're number one in the East right now, and they're doing really good. Yeah, and so, it, it, it's it should be noted. We mentioned the fourteen blocks. Philly's actually third in the league in goals allowed. So their goalkeeper's the always been pretty yeah, reliable. The fact that they had all those blocks, it's really not. You could maybe try to argue that it was organized defense as well. Yeah, their defense definitely in the last 20 minutes, you could tell that they put all of their effort into just making sure that they maintained that 3-2. to right. Yeah, I agree. So for the first loss at Allianz Field, it was going to happen someday. Um, it was good. It, it, it was least, still... At least it was Philly. <laughs> <laughs> at least it was Philly. <laughs> yeah. Not there could have been other teams. You know, to, to have one loss in seven games at home to start, you know, open Allianz Field, I mean, I guess maybe you can't complain yeah, a whole not lot. Too I know some of us want to complain a lot, but it's just how it goes. It's nice to complain. 
Yeah. Yeah. I always figured we were going to lose one game. Exactly. I mean, at least it wasn't a dunk. We only have the one loss under our belts right now at home, which also considered huge. I would, yeah. In seven, seven games, so yeah, it was good. So yeah, I mean, I guess that we're trying to move through these games. That brings us to uh, Colorado. Colorado, a game that I was extremely excited for, uh, only because I was back in the country. I was going to be able to watch it. Uh, just really pumped up, and and here, you know, this is a chance to, you know, after a couple losses, maybe get back on track with a win on the road, never, no less. But uh, against yeah. a team that gives up goals, yeah. And to be fair, of course, when when the, when United played Colorado Rapids. They, they, Colorado was, you know, was last in the last in the West, okay, and they had started out horrendously 0-7-2. There's a start now, to be fair, in their last four coming into the game against Minnesota, they were 3-0-1. Uh, so true. they had been unbeaten in four games coming into our match. I and it, you know, I'm trying to sugarcoat it. The the first thought that I have is at least we're consistent. Consistently bad against bad teams. I mean, it's it's like the definition of playing down. I only was able to catch the last fifteen or twenty minutes of the match, but by that point, it just it looked like we didn't care anymore. Right. Yeah. There was not a lot of consistent effort in the way that we played, and against these teams that we should, you know, be beating, right? We're not playing them like we are playing the top teams. We're just kind of thinking, going into these matches, that because of the records that we have versus what they have, we should just take it as an easy win, and we don't try as hard, and it's noticeable, especially in the back half of the game. Yeah, I agree. And it's... I don't know. I think I pointed out in our our text messages that uh, they, they had an issue with the altitude, and it wasn't the getting tired. It was they're kicking the ball too hard. Yes. I mean, you could tell they had no idea or no concept of how to put less weight on the ball. Yeah. And it was sailing. I mean, every single kick. It didn't matter if it was a goal kick. It didn't matter if it was a cross. It just seemed like they were like, they're thinking, I should kick this normally. And it's sailing in the thin air. And it, and it's why they haven't learned that by now, because this isn't the first year. Every, every, every last three years, it's been that same issue. It's been... You know, let's let's put full strength into kicking this ball, and it's you know 20 yards over the guy's head. And, and I really thought, you know, the, like the first 15, 20 minutes of the game, you know, what do you want? I mean, Minnesota had good possession. We talked about that. They had good possession, but good sustained pressure as well. But they just couldn't finish into the final third. They just didn't get their shots. I honestly, it was like late at night, and I tried to forget <laughs> terrible losses <laughs> like that. And it, and. You mentioned possession. It was like 62% or something. At halftime, it was 59%. Wow. Yeah, we were, so we were, we were like doing decently on possession, and the yeah. passes were fine. It was just like that final third, it, there was nothing there. And the one thing they, they did when they, when the you mentioned the 0-7-2 and, and then the 3-0, and that's when they replaced Anthony Hudson. So And they brought in the interim coach, which is always a boost. Plus the, what the coach has done. Is he's I won't say the park the bus mentality, but if you noticed when they when we were coming down the pitch, they were dropping nine guys to back. Right. So we had we had possession, we had shots, but you know shooting through nine guys is as a Chelsea. 
I noticed that right away. Yeah. Because there were years where Chelsea, under varying managers, would drop back. I mean, there's a particular manager who's known to be parking a blue bus. Exactly. And it, they would attack when they could, right. and they'd score their goal. And that's all that mattered, because they'd have eight, nine guys back, right. and you'd never break it. And it, unfortunately, that's exactly what Colorado did. Yep. And it, that's it's hard to break that. Whether you like that play, which I don't, um, it's still tactically a good option if you can pull it off. And it just showed that it did a lot And so I had mentioned Darwin doing something against Colorado that I didn't like. Oh, that that free kick are you talking about? The free kick. He did it twice, where it's like this weird on-the-ground free kick off to the side, and no one... No it, one it knew like what he was, was going on. was expecting somebody to run there. Yeah. He was expecting somebody to run short, but Angelo laid it out to him after that second one. Yeah. And he was just like, hey, and I, it, want it, I want it in the air because I can head it. Exactly. You, know, you just happen. don't do that. He's done it in the past, but the guy that was on the other end of that pass is now plays in Chicago. He did it last year in Colorado, or in Columbus when Calvo had one of his two goals. And that's I, I, maybe he doesn't know Kelvo's gone. I, I don't know, <laughs> but but yeah, he's done that before. So considering how much Kelvo and him got into it in Chicago, yeah. you think he'd know that. Yeah, but yeah, you know, it's one of those things where it's like doing too much. Yep. You know, he's like expecting his teammates to read his mind. Yeah, I, I, I just, you know, leading up to the goal that Colorado scored in the mid-first mid half, I just, like, looking back at it, I just think the game started out right, out okay. I think Minnesota in the midfield was just, their lack of pressure yep. on, was just led up to the Colorado's goal. Everybody in that front three, or that front, just played terrible for the front four, yeah. you'd say. Well, and that's it. You can't I, I, I blame love, anything on the defense. I love Barra and I love Finley, but they were just terrible. They did nothing. Yep. Angelo, Angelo and Darwin's 50-50 every Like, one match you love them, the next match you don't like them. Yep. Yeah, and I just, in, in my notes, it's funny. I think I was getting frustrated because I had specifically wrote Darwin, and you've touched on this, Dave, but I have to mention, Darwin Quintero missed passes. That's all I wrote. I think I was frustrated. But then, just after that, just before Colorado scored their goal, Minnesota did have their best chance in, in the game, and it was because of Darwin Quintero. He put a ball on Ethan Finley, yeah. who slashed at it and just missed it wide. I mean, so... You know, in the... With, with our Twitter account, I always fear criticizing any player during a game because I think I criticize Does the club follow, Darwin follow multiple you on your times. Twitter? What's that? Does the club follow you on your Twitter? I don't know. I don't think so. <laughs> then you're fine. Yeah, you're good. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm fairly certain the club doesn't know we exist. Uh, Just don't at them during the middle of the match and you're fine. <laughs> right. They do. <laughs> Actually, I, I know they do. Because I've talked to Sean, yes, and he knows that the, the podcast exists because it came up in our conversation. Yeah, and we—you've had interactions with what the the marketing people. Uh, so, well, I did apply for uh, press creds, and they they denied it, which I wasn't shocked. It was a reach in the dark, but I—they they know we exist. We're young. I mean, yeah. we're only a year and a half in. So it's not like we're like. Eight years in doing this podcast. Right. Yeah. Exactly. So, 
Let's go to US Open Cup, right? Okay. Because uh, that's actually, a good game. Actually, I have a point on the Colorado game. Is yeah. Casper came in and he played pretty good. Oh, his first, yeah, yeah he got his first debut, uh, yeah. debut, and he played pretty good, and I was pretty excited for that. So, uh, and that, that carried over yeah. into the uh, US Open Cup. And I don't think that's why we don't need any more like left. We don't need a left back because we have Casper. You, yeah, if he stays healthy, yeah, I agree. He's maybe a little aggressive. Like he had, a, he was quick to foul, yeah. and then he had a yellow card late in the game. Yeah. In Colorado last. And game. actually, I should point out, my <laughs> wife never watches games with me, but for whatever reason, she actually sat down on the couch and watched this with me. And she's like, "Who is that guy?" And she was referencing Gasper. And I was like, "Oh yeah, he's a rookie. You know, he's new." And she's like. He kind of acts like he's a little bit of a douchebag. And I was like, oh, interesting. I don't know. So I was watching, and he does. He kind of has that arrogant. He fouls, and he kind of smirks at the guy. I was like, interesting. I mean, maybe maybe it's what this team needs to be right. aggressive. And I like those players. Yeah. So. Yeah. Especially, you know, especially a young guy trying to right. you know, make his... You know, yeah. find his position on the team. That's not necessarily a bad. Yeah, I, I, I know I, they I said thank her for pointing that out. Yeah. Yeah. I know they said he was the one like player in the Super Draft that was like MLS ready. Yeah, yeah. And I remember I was down in Tucson for their first friendly, and he oh, was okay. doing pretty good. Yeah. And I liked and him actually, and Dane. I like. And actually, the rumor is is that had St. Clair not been there when they picked their first pick at seven, Gasper was their pick. Oh, so to get him at fifteen, I think they got him. Yeah. Was it? They were was beyond beyond it related. Yeah, so. that's cool. Yeah, that, yeah, good point, Chad. And then also, I, yeah, Colin Martin made a late appearance in the game. Uh, yeah, and it, yeah, and that carries over into this U.S. Open and, Cup and as well. Yeah, part of that is because yeah, I should, we should mention that this game was was it was the first game played after the international call-ups, which yeah. yep. balloons had five. You had uh, Schuler, Finland, Gregus to Slovakia, Molino, Trinidad and Tobago, and Matt Neer, of course, yep. Madagascar. So, so is that only four? Sorry, <laughs> that's all right. <laughs> Three, four, yeah. That's all right. Counting's tough. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you, you know, and it. The U.S. Open Cup is always a fantastic opportunity to play guys that never get minutes. And, uh, you know, Martin, he, uh, I thought, was probably his best game I've actually paid attention to him on. Me too. So, yeah, I mean, starting at Chase, yes, Chase, so Chase Gasper, Colin yep. Martin both started. And, and Dobson got to start again, and... I mean, uh, Wyatt uh, played. I, I'm actually surprised that Vito started as goalie. I, I, I would have thought. Yeah. I would have thought Dane would have played. I was a little disappointed by that. Yeah, I mean, he played. Pretty, I think Vito did pretty good. Yeah. I mean, Vito's Vito. I mean, you got like with the international calls. And I know a few people were a few players were banged up heading into the game. It's not like the lineup they fielded wasn't just because they necessarily wanted to start their younger guys. It's like it was almost. Yeah, like, I, 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 yeah. I know they gave uh, they gave Ozzy and. Ike and match off. Yep. Miguel Barra was... And Miguel was hurt, so I mean, didn't want to play him for the full 90. Yep. Yeah, you know, I, I think... Uh, I did not expect that outcome at all, considering honest, how we've performed against... Honestly, I, I always look at a match and, like... Granted, that's a, a cup match where I always like... I'm like, we can, hopefully let's draw. Like, that's... Right. I'm always like, let's draw this match. But if that cup and match ended in like a like penalty kicks, I would have been like I would have been out of the stadium. Like, <laughs> you know, and I didn't go to the game, 
because I have no excuse. We're gonna. I mean, I think we'll talk about it later when we talk about the U.S. Open Cup specifically. But I mean, it's yeah. a, this. You know, this earlier. You know, last week's match against Sporting KC. It's it's. From, from my point of view, and I, I think you agree, David, is I would like to see Minnesota United take it, take this tournament very seriously. Oh, yeah, because it's you know, the best opportunity they have. Which I, to win a trophy. By the lineup they put out, I think they are. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they put in their top, every top guy that, that yeah, was available. I was, so, again, I was surprised that Vito was starting. I was like, oh, Dane's going to start this one. I thought, I, oh, we're just going to put up some, like, like, you know, some of the backups. I thought, you know, like, Toy was going to start up front. But uh, I was like, Angelo? Like, I, we're actually playing our starters. Yeah. Which I was you know, pretty surprised. To me, and this is a bit off subject, but to me it feels like Adrian Heath understands we need to be successful at something this year. Yes. If he wants to be here in 2020. And so I think uh, he's... He's taking this seriously. I, I really do. I think it's it's one of those things where if doesn't matter where we finish in the league, if we could, you know, get a piece of silverware. Yep. I've always felt like you know, this is this is his, like if we make it to the playoffs and this is his final. Yeah. yeah. Like if we don't make it to the playoffs, he's gone. If we make it to the playoffs, maybe next year he'll be here. I mean, I'm going to go out on a limb and suggest that it's going to be. We're going to end up coming against LAFC either in the final or in the run-up to the final. And it, it's going to be one of those bad luck situations where we have to deal with Christian Ramirez and something's going to happen that's not going to be I know if we beat Houston, we face the winner of, deep, of uh, Dallas or yeah. New Mexico. Which uh, New honestly, Mexico, that was a great final. Yeah. And plus you got to look at it. The U.S. Old Cup winner plays in the CONCACAF Champions League. Exactly. I was just going to ask you about that. I mean, me personally, I'd be thrilled to see that international so, competition. Right. Yeah, so, granted, we'd probably get our asses handed to us, but... So the counterpoint, maybe why some of these teams don't, and I'm just speculating, maybe why they don't take it seriously is look at like Atlanta United earlier this year in Toronto FC. They were they had some difficulties, and it might have been due to the extra matches they had. Yeah, it's possible. Yeah. Even sporting, you could say sporting, a lot yeah, sporting. of their... It, players are injured because of that. It's true. Yeah. As a fan, though, I'd be thrilled to see Yeah, I, I, would, I would love that, but I'd be worried out of my... For a team like Minnesota, I mean, we're not right. we're not challenging for the top of the Western Conference. We're not... So to go get in, get into that tournament yeah. doesn't... I mean, it's not going to hurt hurt us next season. We're right. not going to finish higher than fourth, fourth, fifth anyway, so... Why not take their shot at it? Why? Exactly. Yeah, they're, what, four wins away? Yeah, it's around round of 16, yeah. so. Yeah. yeah. Why not? Why not? I, I, Why hope, not? I hope Adrian takes it seriously. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so going into this match against Sporting Kansas City, um, they, Sporting Kansas City had a three, they played three previous times this was the fourth in the U.S. Open Cup, and it was all Kansas City. It was three, yeah. oh, and oh, in those meetings, of course, no ties, but... Uh, and then, actually, 
since 2014, they've played 10 times. That This was going to be their 10th time. Right. Minnesota coming away with one win in the previous nine. I don't know if you guys know when that was. Uh, it was in 2017. I want to say 2017 and Kansas City. No, I thought we'd be at home in 2017. I wasn't at that match, I remember. He wasn't. Uh, I can't remember. I'm trying to remember. Thomas was I was the there. I, was, I, I just don't remember if I was in Kansas City or Minnesota. I, so. I think I remember that one. All I know is Angelo's goal was the first goal that Minnesota United MLS has scored in U.S. Open Cup competition. Yes. Yeah. Yep. In the not first counting penalties. Two minutes. Yeah, two. Right. That gave us what I think is an unbelievable amount of momentum oh, yeah. for the rest of the match. That's a classic slump buster. That was, yeah. 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 was pretty ridiculous. Like, I was on the capital stand and just, like, getting ri- getting chance going, and then, like, you just, like, look up the big screen and, oh, he scored. Oh. Yeah, <laughs> immediately. I was not I was not ready for it. I, nobody, just, I don't think anybody was Nobody in the that. stadium was just ready for I that was ready for it. Happen. Don't. I was, I was, Corey was the only person in the stadium that was waiting for that to happen. Well, and let's talk about this. Let's talk about Angelo Rodriguez okay. against Sporting KC. What the hell happened? I mean, he looked like he was playing like he lost 20 pounds. Adrian he must have was, yelled at both Angelo and Darwin. Yeah. And both I, of them just played really great. Yeah. Like, Darwin's first goal was, that was all Angelo. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then, so, yeah, I mean, Angelo's first goal in the two minutes, that was, that was Darwin with the assist. He yeah. It on. So, yeah, he's running like a madman. He actually looks like he's playing. Adrian must have yelled, brought him in after the Colorado match and yelled at every single player. So I have a theory. Okay. And I had this last year with Miguel. Is I think last year with Miguel and this now starting with Angelo and Darwin, I think they stopped listening to Adrian Heath <laughs> and just played. It's possible. It, it because just because be the, it. The, the, the difference in their play in that Open Cup match and the difference in play in Miguel last season yeah. was... There's, I don't have another explanation for it. It's just they did their thing. They got in the right spots. They took their shots. They did their... You know, did what they needed to do to get goals in. And mm-hmm. see, now my theory was, and I put this out on Twitter, was that Adrian Heath took Darwin and Angelo, and I, shut him in a room. Pretty sure I saw that tweet, and it just said, "You guys need to hash this thing out and figure out what's going so, on." So I've heard they it could feed did, in with that. I, I've heard they actually did that on the plane right back. That oh, they really? actually made them sit next to each other on the plane right back from Colorado. From Colorado, and it, it, I mean, it's, that, would, that wouldn't surprise me. That, you know, they're they're countrymen. Yeah, they. It's so it's not like it's a, it's not like it's a language barrier. Yeah, it's not barrier. like Angelo's from Europe and. Yeah, it, it's know. just obviously like they play different styles, right? But there's no reason a hold-up guy can't play well with. Your guys' job up front is to score the goals, so you have to work well together. Figure out what style it is that gets the goals, and just make it happen. Put aside. Your different play styles. Yeah. Figure out what works and execute it. Yeah, and it, you know, and honestly, I didn't feel like Angelo changed how he played. No, no, it was, it was just they finally, for whatever reason, clicked. It just, it just worked. Yeah, and maybe it was Sporting's poorest defense. I don't know. But. Sure. 
But there's something yeah, I not constantly could have been the ball. Yeah. I mean, if I think if Sporting Kansas City hasn't won in their last ten away from home on the road, yeah, they've been terrible. I remember I watched the first half of that because usually every time I go to a home game, I have to rewatch it because I don't, I never watch the match. Right. So that's a typical supporter, but and I remember I rewatched that first half, and I remember them saying they that they haven't won. On the road, this entire season, and, and they were struggling uh, with injuries and yeah. international calls as well. Yeah, right, I mean, but there's still something else that has to go into play for us to beat them for. But exactly, I mean, you like, can look at you can look at a team like Colorado, yeah. and they can be as bad as you want them to be. But if the team playing them isn't doing the right things, I, I, but I, I really think that. Everything just worked for us, right? Yeah. 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 There was something that happened noticeably on there, and I don't know what it is. Yeah. And it, I should point out, we only had 35% possession. Yeah. yeah. Again, yeah. we barely had that ball. Yeah. But we did the right things when we had it, so yep. what was it? And, it, you know, I've seen a lot of people argue that you can't do the counterattack style play with Angelo Rodriguez. But, again, whatever happened... I think his runs. He was running down. Well, other than the first goal on the counterattack, Angelo wasn't uh, nowhere near the ball. So... That's true. <laughs> it, was, it was Darwin. So... Yeah, and it, but he did have that... That hurdle over the defender. Yeah, that was pass a really to, great. What's that? Was that to Darwin? Yeah, that was Darwin's yeah, first goal. Yeah. yeah, that was a really great run by him. By but yeah. he wasn't. He wasn't. You know, up in the. You know, the box by any right. means. I mean, no. and in, honestly, a hold up forward, you don't need to be. I don't. You know, you're holding it up, getting it right. all out we, to where he's to be. Could have almost scored like six passes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think like um, Ethan Finley had a great game yeah, as well. He yeah, scored, even had that one in the first half. I should have went in, but that was a good yeah. save by the keeper. Very good. Save. And then Martin had one that he probably wants back. Yeah, it was see that. I'm sure he does. So yeah, and for I mean, they should have had five, six, seven. In fact, for what a minute or two, it for was like a five. minute. We were, we we had were five, and we were rocking Baby Shark. Yes, <laughs> Baby Shark. I had, I had to bring that up. Yeah, yeah. And it, I was sitting, I was sitting in my living room, and all of a sudden I'm like, my God, it's Baby Shark. Yeah. Every time they hit five, Corey made sure that they played Baby Shark. So, so we, uh, as as everyone's seen, you know, there's smoke after every goal. Well, and we briefly discussed this in yeah. the episode previous. So we have we have six canisters of smoke. One for the beginning of the match, one at the end, and four goals. So we're like, okay, we need something for the fifth goal. Yeah. What are we going to do? So there's a few of us that talk to the stadium folks, and we're like, uh, how about play Baby Shark for five goals? And they're like, sure, whatever. we're never going to score five goals. Sure, whatever you want. We had it. We almost had it. I'm up yeah. on the capo stand, and we didn't have the smoke for it. And I'm like, what are we going to do? And then it just kind of happened. And then, and like, then we, were all, like, we were all like cheering and singing, doing our goal chant. And then like everybody kind of stopped, and then you could hear like the baby shark. And we are like, oh! <laughs> start, start singing along! If I'm not mistaken, you could hear that on the stream on TV. Yeah, you could yeah. hear it. Oh, yeah, you yeah. David, you mentioned And I replayed the... Uh, there was a replay of the goal that I'm pretty sure it came through because for some reason my daughter was like baby shark yeah. so 
so the crowd miking, which you've been in the supporter section, so you know, the crowd miking is in the True North Elite section. So, and it was, that's a True North Elite thing. So it was not surprising that it ended up on TV. And it, it was all over Twitter, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think it's a fantastic tradition that they need to continue. It's kind of funny. It, it'll probably knock on wood. It probably will never happen again, but and, and, hopefully. And, and we went from the marketing standpoint. We're like, you want to get families with young kids in here? Oh, you yeah. play Baby Shark? Any kid under the age of six is going to lose their mind. Any right. kid under the age of six and all this and all of T and E. Right. So <laughs> you guys, you, you, Corey, yeah, I think you brought that up back when we were a dual citizen yeah. several months ago. And I, I remember at that point, I actually had to Google Baby Shark because I don't have kids. I was like, right. oh, yeah. Baby Shark. I had no idea at the time. Now I do. Yeah. yeah. It was fun. I got it. Yeah. And it's something that I don't really need to hear. <laughs> if it if it's, comes at five goals, I'm okay with it. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Speaking of five goals, maybe they could have had five goals another way, too. What do you think? Like, uh, if there was VAR in this game, do you think uh, Minnesota would have another goal? I'm thinking... Is that PK? I'm thinking specifically Andrew Rodriguez was brought down inside I, the box. I think it was obvious. Um, and, it, you know, the, the announcers kind of said, well, Gasper's muscling in the box later was two probably min- it was uh, two minutes later yeah yeah it was probably uh, okay I should have given him a PK and I didn't so I'm not going to call this one but I don't think there's any comparison I thought the foul against Angelo was so obvious that it don't make no sense to me is why, why isn't VAR being used VAR is being used in all yeah and every other tournament like it's being used in the World Cup is being used in regular league play why isn't being and used like, like is it being used in like the um, European champion. Yeah, know. it's, it's been now. Even it's being used now in EPL, and the English doesn't want it, but they have to because they look ridiculous. So the thing with U.S. Open Cup is it's not run by it's not you know it's U.S. Soccer Federation, which is different from MLS and USL. So it's not pro. It's right. So U.S. Soccer. Right. So the U.S. Soccer Federation. I'll just they're, they're 15 years behind the times There's, they want to do stuff that they were doing in MLS in the 90s so them not having VAR is not a surprise I don't see it anytime soon and yeah they don't really care about the US Open Cup so <laughs> that's true and that'll come up later in this episode um, yeah I mean, any other any other thoughts on this? Obviously, 4-1, we're going to play Houston on Tuesday, which we'll uh, talk about again later on. The Dylan Wooper's der- Open Cup Derby yes. Part 2. <laughs> <laughs> and it's on his birthday, too. Yeah, it is. <laughs> again. <laughs> yeah. Again. Um, yeah, I mean, should we... we... Might as well take a break. Yeah. And we'll have Connor... Yeah, I will say one last thing about the game that I just have to bring up. I think, and we were, Chad, you were wondering why, you know, a safe player didn't start, but I will say, Vito Minone, he had a, what I thought was a really good game. Made some incredibly good saves. I've never had a problem with Vito. I think Vito always plays pretty good. Yeah, I think coming in, he was one of those goalkeepers that, uh, 
I think maybe a bit fussy. He was known, I think, for just making some fantastic yeah. saves with the same the flip side, I, maybe having a few problems not being yeah. on his line yeah, and whatnot. Yeah. But L- listening to the stream, they, they said that we could probably keep him for another four or five years, which I, I don't think will happen, but if, yeah, if we like can that. afford him, yeah. yeah. Yeah, if we can afford him, but I mean, he's still on the, so. I mean, in, in my opinion, I would use him as top cap for this year and let Dane play next year. And I think that was their plan all along, because yeah. I had been saying before the season starts, as soon as they drafted St. Clair, I'm like, I actually want him to play now. Right. I, I think he could. I, I would think be surprised he could too. if Dane doesn't start next year. Yeah. I would be surprised if he does yeah, well, I think, yeah, good time for a break. David, you mentioned that yeah. next uh, next Loon's game is U.S. Open Cup, Tuesday the 18th at uh, 6 p.m., just a few hours before the USA makes its Gold Cup debut at Allianz Field at 9 p.m. And then uh, I guess the Loon's play their next league game, I believe, is June 29th against Cincinnati. Yeah, yeah. So. yeah. We'll have some people from the flock. Yes. Plus, yeah. plus the friendly on the 25th against... That's right. Oh, yeah. And that's yep. here at Breeze. That's here at Breeze. Yeah. Yep. 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 There's, for for not having a league game in the, in the next, what, 15 days, they've got, uh, there's plenty of uh, soccer yep. going on. Yep. yep. Absolutely. All right, we'll take a break, and we'll uh, have everyone plus the flaw. also have, who probably doesn't want to say anything, but we're going to say it anyway. We also have Brady from Chicago League. He's joined us <laughs> so we've got separate a, from the previous uh, group. And then we also terrible. have the entire yeah, previous turn it group. Off. <laughs> the previous <laughs> yeah, so needless to say, we've got a full table here. And yes. uh, we're, we're excited to, this half of the pod, we're going to talk about, we're going to get into Ford Madison FC. We're yep. going to talk about the flock of what goes on during game days and non-game days and everything else in between. Yep. But and, and then we'll uh, we'll go into the U.S. Open Cup, and since that affects all of us, uh, and talk about how shitty this format is, and then also finish off with the Women's World Cup, so it impacts all of us Everything, as soccer fans. Everything's soccer-related, but yeah, we can't, uh, let's not continue without bringing up one barrel, and specifically... Um, just wanted to throw, I mean, this is not something we're used to seeing. I'm looking up now, looking yeah, around this, this cool. kind of beautiful space, and I'm seeing a lot of, not just dollar bills, but $5 bills, $20 bills, all kind of pinned to the ceiling. I was kind of wondering how they got there. Um, Adam, the GM here, kind of explained to us that it's all for charity. You can th- throw a buck up there as a charity toss. You can throw a 20 up there and get yourself a free beer if you're lucky enough. Um, but, it's yeah, it's kind of cool. Just another little... Uh, yeah, they, they collect it all through the year, and then they give it all to charity. He said uh, it was a library last year. That was uh, the highest they've collected so far. There's also and, one in the fish. Oh, yeah, there is. There are <laughs> $2 sticking out of the fish. I don't know what type of fish that is. See, I think it's they, a bass. 
I think they, bath. I think they yeah. do it for the entire year as a charitable event. So I think this year, all oh, yeah. of the money that's on the ceiling at the end of the year is going to be collected. I believe this is for Wisconsin firefighters. Yes, firefighters. Um, but all for charity, all for good causes. They they get anywhere from I think he said fifteen hundred to twenty five hundred dollars yeah. usually on average. So it's great. So I might have to give it a spin later. I doubt I'll be any good at it. I will hurt someone if I do. That, so did he explain to you how they do that? Don't they wrap a quarter in it with a tack and he said a tack. He only told us a tack. So. Yeah. yeah, we don't know what that exactly means. I, I feel like they're stuck pretty strongly. Yeah. I saw someone do it earlier and it hit with a thud, so I mean, it must be and I guess we we are coming off a much needed break. You're at a brewery, you need to get a chance to have some beers. Um, yeah. It looks like we've got a good showing of the uh, Ford FC, yes. Jerry Colch. I a tried lot. something new on an offer recommendation because I haven't had any of the beers here prior to today, and I got the uh, DDH Hypercolor New England IPA. Pretty, pretty sweet. But, um, and that's one that they sell in the stores, right? I think so. Brand new. He mentioned this is brand new. Oh, okay. So I don't know if it's available yet. Okay. Just for listeners that might be looking for it. But, uh, yeah, pretty, pretty good. So. Cool. All right, well, let's uh, jump into the flock. So, obviously, Ford Madison is new. They're currently, this year, our, our as in Minnesota United's partner club. Um whether that will continue after this year, I guess I don't really know. Um, as we're waiting for our academy to grow and our potential USL affiliate, I, I hope that Ford Madison continues. As a, you know, well, yeah, as a, affiliation. As do we. Yeah. They, they will continue, yeah. I'm sure. But well, uh, right, as, yeah, as sorry, the, as our affiliation. As the affiliation <laughs> of, uh, Let's clarify that. But to make, to, for the record, I mean, as we sit now, they have a one-year agreement. Exactly. And, it, and being a Wisconsinite, I like I like the connection to uh, Madison. So, yeah, you know, it's a it's a cool cool little thing that you guys have gotten to experience our players. Uh, however, unfortunately, not in the last roughly month we've had our players back. Um, so, let's start. Who wants to go first, Connor or Ian? Sure, I'll go. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll All right, you have there. a time frame. It's all right, whatever. So, um, yeah, I mean, I guess, we're, like, let's start just kind of generally. What is the yeah. flock and who's involved? Right. So, the flock is the independent association, uh, independent supporters association. So, equivalent to, uh, oh boy, I forgot. Wonderwall, Wonderwall yeah. equivalent. Yeah. So, and then we have the uh, supporters groups that fit underneath that umbrella, and so. Uh, to various degrees of official or not, there we have several that are close, and so I don't know which ones have met the uh, you know final you know deal with. But we have several groups, uh, including uh, Forward Union, of which Connor is the lead, and we have uh, Mingo Ladies, uh, we have La Barra for Hispanic fans, Featherstone Flamingos for uh, black black and fans of color. Uh, we also have. To various degrees of official, we have the left leg, uh, and we have uh, old flockers. So really, we're just trying to provide an opportunity for fans to express themselves as, as they see appropriate and to feel connected to soccer the way that uh, as feels best to them. And then, 
to provide that connection between the fans and the club. So uh, as, as is true then of Wonderwall, we're not actually associated with the club, but we just make sure that there's an open communication. We make sure that fans' voices are heard and that the club knows really what, what to do best in making sure that the fan experience is the best. So, so do you routinely, occasionally interact with the club? Is it a constant type of open dialogue? There's a pretty open dialogue, especially between our uh, president and vice president, especially, but many members of the club, you know, we've got uh, we've got open lines of communication between the club and our many members, just to make sure that like, if something's a problem, you know, we've been told many times, if something's ever a problem, come talk to us, let's let's make sure that this gets fixed and corrected. Um, and so we've had lots of discussion, especially with regards to like what is going on with matched operations. And so like we had issues earlier in the season where we wanted to be able to have smoke available. They helped us with getting make sure its certification was where it needed to be. Uh, we've talked about what kinds of displays are available, just making sure that we you know we all stay. Uh, uh, protected away from USL style fines, uh, <laughs> but yeah, ultimately they've just been helpful in you know making sure that we can be the fans that we want to be and sure. how to do that the right way and without stepping on anyone else's toes. Sure. So obviously, uh, the flock community, it's, it's, the growth must be incredible I'm in the first year of existence. Basically, what do you do? You have an estimate on the number? Numbers that are. So I want to say that the flock ends max capacity is a thousand, and so. As far as, like, people who would identify as flockers, uh, we probably are pretty close to that number. Uh, how many people are routinely in that section is probably actually pretty close. You know, you know, somewhere between six and 800 on our regular fans that are there, and then it fills up with extra fans. So hopefully those people start to say they identify as well. Uh, how many... Yeah... How many people, you know, are season ticket holders is a number that I'm less certain of, but we definitely have a full section at the end, and we're always, you know, jumping. So, (laughs) as far as season ticket holders are concerned, uh, the the last estimate that I heard, we're we're sitting close to 300 season ticket holders in the flock. In the flock, yeah. And so, would that be the east end of the stadium? That is the east end, or the... Uh, gosh, like Patterson end is that or no? Is, Patterson's uh, the other rarely, end. Rarely, yeah. rarely, so, yeah. But yeah, so it's all it's all standing uh, with guardrail, a uh, drink rail, and so it really, it really, you know, means that everyone can get close to each other, but you're also contained. Uh, as a Liverpool fan, that speaks to me. I'd much rather that than uh, just a completely free terrace. Uh, but we've really seen from day one or even from the preseason matches against UW and other teams that we've got a section that is going to stand and cheer the whole game and being able to be close to your uh, fellow flockers that's really I think helped amplify that feeling. You see this is my first year with True North Elite and I had a difficult time embracing the closeness <laughs> I, I'm not we a big I, yeah, I'm not a big closeness. <laughs> so I'm we, sorry. We are also having trouble embracing the closeness because we're not used to having. We're used to having a lot more room than that. So mm-hmm. for us, it, it's it's a learning experience as well. So sorry, my flag needs room, so I make room. So and, and speaking of flags, how many uh, do you guys embrace flags? Absolutely, absolutely. Like flags? Yeah. yeah. 
yeah. um, everything from from two poles to to some larger flags. Not quite on the level of a ten by ten yet. We have a couple flags that are that are nearing that are nearing that that boundary. But um, but yeah, we we fully embrace flags. We fully embrace the two poles. Um, you know, we, we understand that you know that that is a a big part of supporter culture. Um, it's a massive way that you know people can see it, but also the, the club can see it, the team can see it from the field and see that we're behind them every step of the way. Um, you know, we, we, we view it as vital. What and what's a what, what? How would you describe a typical game day from start to finish? Like I know you guys are probably starting soon in some of your pre-game festivities, tailgating. Yeah, I want to yeah. say it's maybe about two hours from now that we'll be uh, starting our pre-game activities, where we have uh, it rotates around from uh, one of several partner bars, but we work. We'll go to a, a partner bar. So I think today is Avenue Club. We'll start there and we have a deal with them where uh, for every beer purchased of uh, a select variety, we'll get, uh, usually it's a dollar from each beer donated to uh, a select cause for the month. Yeah, yeah. This month it's G-Safe, G-Safe. I want to say. So this month every, every beer uh, bought goes to a donation to G-Safe and so we make sure we show our support that way. We also do uh, 50-50 fundraisers that way. Uh, and then at uh, an hour before kickoff, we gather up outside and we have a march to the stadium and we sing the whole way. We have drums blaring uh, and our, our horns when we have people in town for that. Uh, David Rosenfield, I believe is the last name. I hope I didn't say it wrong. Yeah, trombone, he, with the trombone. trombone he's, I remember he's, uh, meeting him. He's a good old Indy 11 supporter who I, uh, made the trip down. And I love it when he's here. Uh, so, shout outs to David. Thanks for being part of that. But yeah, so we'll march to the stadium and we get loud. We get lots of people recognizing us on our march to the stadium. And then we, you know, sing our way through warm ups for the players. And we basically don't stop until final whistle. And even then, we're going to have another solid 10 minutes where routinely the players come up and shake hands with everyone in the in the end. They're, I think they're, uh, if you listen to like Connor Tobin and others who've been interviewed, you see that they're really appreciative of that wall of sound that we can provide. And ultimately, like I, I think we can get louder. I, I want it ultimately to be to the point where we'll we'll start getting the main stand involved and so that will be a field just wrapped in sound instead of coming from the clock end. Right. That's a good point, yeah, and I think the, the list, pretty much every match has been relatively close to capacity, if not sold out. Yeah. What, is it 4,400? We, we, we have an average of about of just over 4,000 every match. Um, our capacity generally sits around like 4,900. Um, and, you know, it's... It's it's a it's a point of pride for us because you know, we're leading we're leading our league. Um, we're we're competing with the attendance of, of the league above us in USL Championship, um, and and you know it's it's something that I don't see stopping anytime soon. Um, it, it's it's a wave and, and it's a wave that everybody in Madison is starting to kind of catch on to. It's it's pretty fun. Yeah, it's it's amazing how fast it's happening. First year existence, it's just you guys have hit the ground running, so to speak. I mean, people were hungry for it. You know, um, you know, we people have asked us all the time, like, how are you guys so dedicated and so committed to a club? Number one, so young, um, and number two, in Division Three of American Professional Soccer. Um, and, and I think it's just you know, people see the people see the value of it. People wanted it for a long time, and the club made the effort from day one to make sure that we understand this is our club. Um, from the name to the logo to to the colors to everything, they crowdsourced 
all of it. Um, and they've continued that culture of you know crowdsourcing ideas, crowdsourcing atmosphere, crowdsourcing game day activities from his fans. Um, and so you know, d- despite the fact that we're a young club. Um, the, the, the ideal scenario that we've kind of stepped our way into is that we all feel ownership over it. Yeah, and just to, and just to tack on to that, I think that this really was, you know, uh, I, would, I will go ahead and say a, a soccer-starved town that, like, we had clubs like the yeah. 56ers, but you had this just general, like, there's a really strong Liverpool group, a really strong Arsenal group, and others as well, like uh, Chelsea and Manchester United. There's lots of really strong EPL support and people who just feel soccer and want it. And there's lots of birds flying in here, not just the loons and the flamingos. <laughs> but, uh, but, no, really, it's... When, when Peter Wilt came in and said, hey, we really want to build this team, and we built it ground up, and it's not, hey, here's this team and you're going to support it. It was like, how do, you, how do you want to build a team? What do you identify with? And so the blue and the white... Uh, really came out of like that civic pride and the flag. I think we have a really great city flag, uh, and the and the lore of the flamingos on Bascom Hill played into it, and that really brought it in. So like everything has just been what is Madison about, and then that's really driven. Yes, I can. Anyone, no matter if you're a soccer fan or not, can jump on the fact that that's clearly a team from my city, not just a city or a team that decided to play in my city. So yeah. let's talk about the flamingos. Because no, I, I grew up in Chippewa Falls. Okay, and um, flamingos were a pretty common occurrence in na- in yards around Chippewa Falls, Eau Claire. But there, there's a bit of a a special connection yes. between the flamingo and Madison. Yes, yeah. and so, you mentioned it very briefly. Let's talk about that. So sure. the the plastic pink flamingo is the official city bird of Madison, Wisconsin. Um, a lot of people don't don't realize that, but it's actually based out of a a prank. That's new W students pulled off back in the 70s, I believe it was, where they filled Bascom Hill, which is kind of like the main lawn area of our campus, with hundreds of, I think, numbering, like, it's numbering over 700, almost 1,000 plastic pink flamingos as a prank. Um, Fast forward a few years down the line, and there was a vote for what should be the official city bird of Madison, Wisconsin, and people felt that the plastic pink flamingo kind of matched the vibrato, um, matched the the um, matched the lack of um, the lack of normalcy that you, you kind of find present in this city. I mean, um, I, you, you don't have to walk around Madison long to see that flamingos match the fact that we are not a normal city. We relish the fact of being out of the norm. I mean, Brady can attest to the fact of walking around downtown Madison today seeing probably thousands of naked bike riders yep. on what we, we have deemed National Bike <laughs> Riding Day. We missed that. that here, was, here, here in Madison, we, we Wisconsin. We got caught in it once and then we saw it again. Yeah, so, uh, so you know, <laughs> Madison, Madison is a flamboyant city. We, we are a city who, who likes to stand out in the crowd, and I think there's no better mascot for that than, than the pink flamingo. Definitely, yeah, that's that's crazy. Yeah, I, I didn't know that because you know, you going back, you know, when I from an, an outsider's point of view, when I think of Madison, I think of that as a you know, call it like a football town. You yeah, know, right. You've got yeah. the University of Madison, University of Wisconsin Madison, right in town. When, you know, I think the Badgers. You know, college football, hotbed, obviously. But, uh, yeah, that's why it's great to uh, hear you guys talk about, you know, the roots of soccer. And they've been here. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. Been here. They've been here forever. I mean, yeah. you know. Correct me if I'm sorry to interrupt. Correct me if I'm wrong. 
is are the is Ford Madison the first professional team in Madison? Yes, we we are the first professional soccer, fully professional soccer team here in Madison. Um, I, I want to say we're actually the first fully professional team. Period. So I, I was going to say I couldn't remember if a baseball has, team had been professional or not because I know that there was a lot of there's a lot of early history in Bree Stevens with lots of teams brought in, but I don't remember if any of them are professional yeah. or not. Well, I mean, even in general with soccer, obviously Madison has indoor, or I mean Milwaukee has indoor. Yeah, yeah. Well, but I mean overall, the Flamingos are pretty much as far as outdoor. Yeah. Yeah. And, and especially to this level, uh, yeah. you know, especially to this level, there's never been anything quite to this capacity before. Granted, you know, it is a new league, so we, we kind of got that that go of it. Right. Um, but yeah, there's never been been something to this to this capacity before. Yeah, yeah. I, I know. So, I know. Living in Wisconsin all my life, like there's never been a really professional soccer team. I'm, maybe the Wave. That's about it. It's the only one you can honestly think of. I know, I know the Wave had a stint outdoor for a while, and now they're fully indoor. Yeah. Uh, so in terms of growing pains, I mean, you're, what, eight games into the season? Something close to that. I yeah. Yeah. Already, but uh, I mean, have you noticed? Ten games. Ten games. Somewhere about that. How many, I mean, have you noticed any growing pains in terms of the supporter section? Um... Yeah. Nothing so, unexpected. Nothing that we wouldn't, you know, we've had mild difficulties with how do you lead such a, a, a wide section. I think in a lot of cases, like, uh, I'm originally from the Chicagoland area, and so, like, I grew up with Section 8 since I was, since I was 8. Like, I was a season ticket holder okay. after the first year, so... Yeah, uh, you know, but so it's 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 steeper, yeah. right? And there's we only have maybe like twelve rich rows or something deep in our support section, so it really fills the whole end. So how do you how do you lead that? We've been working through like the growing pains of like communicating between different capital stands to make sure we're all on the same page. But ultimately, I think we've taken that challenge and embraced it, and we really like if you've ever uh, for any individuals who've watched us on ESPN Plus, I think. We come through definitely much more clearly than any other club that we're we're really providing the sound as a as a group. Uh, yeah, I think ultimately the growing pains have been expected and minimal. Yeah, sure, sure. That's a good point. How about like expectations? Like when like when 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 was the flock formed? Obviously, it would have been early, late last year, early this year. Uh, from that point on. What, what, what did you expect when, on day one, and where are you now? I don't, I don't know if, if we really developed that many expectations based on the fact that none of us have ever built something like this from the ground up. Um, outside of a, you know, a, quite a few of us being involved in you know, EPL support groups here in town that meet on, on Saturday mornings, we've never gotten to rally around a, a club of our own. Um, so I, I can't I can't really speak to, to many expectations of her other than just we wanted it to be done and we wanted it to be done well um, and we wanted to make a lot of friends along the way. Um, you know, our, our, the president of the flock, he, you know, he, he always jokes about you know his goal for this is not because he wanted to make a group for himself. He just saw something that needed to happen. And he felt like he was the person who could step in and make it happen and make a lot of friends along the way. And he even jokes, like, I'm going to make more friends than all of you guys. And that's his goal, you know. Uh, other than making this thing run well, he wants to make sure that this thing is running well. And I think that's that's something we all kind of 
all kind of echo. You know, we, we want to rally around a team together, see a community form, and then in turn build the community and help and benefit the community from that. Other expectations, I, I don't I don't I don't know if we have anything other than than just that. Yeah, I guess I, I guess I'll provide my take on it. So I, best I know, sometime early spring of eighteen, right? Early spring of eighteen, I think Peter first reached out and started talking to some of like the heads of the EPL supporter groups, and so Liam and Andrew really hopped into that and they started driving that, and so I. I went to the announcement for the team in whatever month that was, if it was June or July, or maybe it was May. Yeah, so I uh, I was there for that, but then I finally got actually tied into it sometime in, like, the late fall, and and I felt like, okay, we've got a group of people who is very interested and eager in making this a real thing, and I, I, can, I can pour some passion into that as well, and we have good people around it. And then all, all, all along the way, we keep pulling in more and more people who are excited and dedicated. Um, I'll give shout-outs to uh, Kyle Carr and uh, April Giga. Uh, gosh, I didn't say that name wrong. I've never Kigea. said it before. Uh, and then uh, Chris Fox as well. And uh, Omar Flacius. Uh, like we just keep pull, picking up more and more people who have this passion and they want to like pour that energy into it and I don't even know how anyone else in this group comes up with all this and so I know there was a discussion that we had right when the season was about to kick off like in early April about the, the club itself didn't realize just how many people were excited about this yeah. and just how much passion there was and so like really like you can feel passionate about it and identify with it and then you realize how many people are following you and we've really like outdone what the club even thought we were going to be, and I'm I'm excited to be part of this. I, I'm sure that Connor Absolutely. is as well, and everyone. You know, I'm I said names. And I made a promise to myself that I wasn't going to say names because <laughs> I'm going to leave people out. But there's so many people who put their all into this, and it's and it's lovely to see just how how much passion there is amongst our fan base. So. Going into the season and results, let's let's talk a little bit about. <laughs> we don't have to the performance. <laughs> they can go uh, on to the right. I, I, I think there's a. Yeah. I mean, similar fashion to what we were talking about in the first half with the Minnesota well, United. Right. It's been very the last. Uh, you know, they're winless in their last three games. Uh, yeah. So you're what four five. Now? Yeah. yeah. Um, it's, I think it's five if you count the U.S. Open Cup, and okay. maybe six if you yeah. count the uh, the friendly with Hertha. But so counting league, league winless in the last uh, yeah. four losses, and and we'll, we'll give a pass on the, the Harrisburg. Yeah, yeah, which that was expected. But yeah. we let them win. Right, right. <laughs> that's that's the best <laughs> attitude. Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> so did we. <laughs> so yeah, we we know exactly what it's like to lose to Harrisburg. So in terms of in terms of the support, you guys have had phenomenal support over the beginning of the season, even through the hardships of this skid. I mean, we as as loon supporters have experienced very similar things, where our numbers have stayed constant. We've outperformed what anyone would have expected in terms of attendance, even when our team has been, lack of better terms, complete shit. Um, how do you guys how do you guys focus your energy and passion on keeping people interested even though 
it's not necessarily that you've been playing poorly because the defense overall has been actually pretty good. Yeah, number of it's been the more attacking, uh, where you're just not putting goals in the. So how do you keep that perform? You know that passion going when you have a lack of performance on the field. Well, so I've been uh, I've been gone the last couple of weeks because I was on honeymoon with my wife. Uh, but congratulations. The, Thank you. Uh, but no, so I've missed the last couple, but before then we were already on the skid, and I think part of it is just making sure that, like, the end itself is fun. Yeah. That you can feel that sense of, I still belong to this thing, and I'm going to, you know, I'm going to do my duty as the 12th man and pour my heart out. And if the team itself isn't winning, then, like, I, I still am going to have a fun time in the end. We've got a lot of people who have really bring their own special uh, brand of support to it, whether they're, you know, dancing in inflatable suits or they got dyed hair. Or whatever. There's lots of, if you've ever seen the pictures from our end, like, you know, there's some pretty exciting uh, contributions from people. But ultimately, like, it's just the fact that, like, we still want it to be fun regardless of the match we want to win and we want to see our team perform well but I think ultimately as long as people feel like they're part of something that is enjoyable and exciting and then that it's inclusive as well that like I think that that's ultimately still going to allow people to want to come in now I think you'll see the flock end more or less ultimately over time full and then you know maybe the maybe the side stands thin and grow as the results change but ultimately what I want is the flat end is a thousand people strong every game I mean you know I think um, the thing that we, we consistently remind each other and remind remind fellow flock enders and other fans is that you know this is year one um, there there is there is very there are very few teams that come out of the gate in their very first year of existence and and just rock it um, you know so so with that I guess that's that's part of the growing pains that, that we mentioned earlier um, but the, the point still stands that, that we are from Madison, that we live in Madison, that this is our city. Um, we don't have a plan. You know, we don't, we don't have another club, nor do we want another club. So, so the support can't waver, nor, nor, like, no more than, than we can say we don't, we don't live, work, and, and breathe in Madison. You know, this is, this is our club. You know, I, I've seen it said before, you know, okay, a child asking their dad or their parent or whoever, why do we support insert club name here? And the simplest answer is because we're from there. You know, we, we are Madisonians, and Ford Madison is our club, sure. and so we support from start to finish. You know, we, we say it, we say it all the time over at Forward Union. You know, through thick and thin, we keep the faith. That it's as simple as that. So, take your sports hats off and critique the club. In terms of performance over the yeah. last, yeah, I mean, whole season, whole half season, whatever, so, roughly, or you know, past few games. All right, I'll go. I'll go first if that's all right. Yeah, go ahead. Um, I've admittedly seen less of the action than I would have otherwise liked to, just because I got my back to the field for a good portion of the game, leading the section. But from what I've seen, I don't think that we've played terribly we go through really rough patches where like something's not clicking whether it's because you know midfield's not transferring it up or we just can't get it out of the back and then we end up conceding you know a silly goal that we probably could have 
you know, avoided. And then you're and then you're one nil down or two nil down like we were against St. Louis, for instance, and then you gotta fight back. And it's not I've looked at the stats, we've had way better opportunities as far as shots on goal and shots overall, and they're just not converting. So I don't know if that's because I don't know if it's because they're not of sufficient quality. Like, I don't know what the expected goals on those shots have been. But, uh, or if it's because maybe there's just a spark that's missing in the midfield. Or, um, I know there's been, like, debate about how well Toy has been playing, for instance. You know, maybe it's just, like, there's one person who's just, like, the link isn't quite there and we'll figure it out. But I have to feel, based on what we're seeing, that, like, this is a, this is a crummy patch. You know, I mentioned that I'm originally from Chicago area, and I remember in their first season, I think they won the first. They won the first two matches, and I want to say they went on a five-game slide and didn't win. But then they went on two really long winning streaks for the whole rest of the season. They ended up finishing second behind the Galaxy and ultimately went on went on and won the championship. We're only five points out of fourth place. I want to say, which yeah, is a playoff tight. spot. Yeah. So it's not like, oh, we've been awful and we're very firmly like the basement we're in the basement right now but it doesn't mean that we're going to stay there right. I think that there has to be a point where I don't know who comes into the team or who just has a good day at the office that week but something's going to snap sure. for us yeah. and I think have to feel based on what we saw in those in the cup run and in the in the previous league matches against Toronto for instance that like we're something's going to click in and we're going to have a, a solid team on our hands. Yeah, yeah we, we know it. We know how you feel. Yeah, I was going to say. Just kicking around sixth yeah. place yeah. all season. So. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah. It puts, uh, puts, does put a little more importance on a game like tonight against FC Tucson, though. I mean, you want to take those three points. I mean, as we stand here, I think, yeah, FC Tucson is in the last playoff spot. Yeah. You know, but three points is going to go a long way because there's a bottleneck just looking at the USL, you know, League One standings. I mean, there's a lot of teams sitting on 12 points. Well, guess where Ford Madison Mingos could be after tonight, sitting right. on 12 points. So right on their heels. Yeah, it's a big game. Yep. They're not. You're not out of it. There's still plenty of season left. So right. definitely, there's yeah. no reason not to be excited walking into Bree Stevens tonight. That's for sure. Yep. So, do you have anything to add, Connor? No, I mean, I, I would agree with everything Ian said. Um, you know, there's there's just that disconnect in finishing. Um, you know. Yep. Statistically, looking at looking at it on paper, we are not a bad team. Right. Um, you know, it just we, we found ourselves playing catch up one too many times without the ability without the ability to finish. Um, and so, you know, like 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 Ian said, one day, you know, somebody may have a have a really good day at the office at Bree Stevens or or, or way and, and really make it click and let the floodgates let the floodgates open with some goals. Yeah, that, that's the hope. That's that's the that's the big disconnect. Because you know, JC's been knocking. He had that really yeah. awesome shot that, like you know, won the the opposing goalkeeper won him save of the week, as best I'm aware. And then he had that bicycle last week. It's like you know, that's unfortunate, but it's like he's knocking. Someone, yeah. someone's gonna have that day where like either it's him and it just goes in that day, and then the whole team feeds off it. Something's gonna, something's gonna go right for us. You just, and I'm not saying that as a supporter. It's just like right. you look at what's yeah. going on, and you have to think that this team is better than tenth place in yeah. the league. I, I'd say my, my strongest critique is just finding a way to finish. You know, our front line has a really, really good way of, of creating chances, pushing all the way up, um, and and taking a shot that is. They just can't quite get enough on it, or they just go wide. It's just not. 
it's chances. We just haven't found a way to create a quality chance as much as we would like. I gotta be. Let's be optimistic for a moment. I gotta bring this up. Um, last time, actually, a uh, player for Hiro to- Toyama. He's a uh, forward for uh, yeah. Flamingos. Uh, he actually. He was a trialist with Minnesota United this spring, and actually in uh, Minnesota United's uh, spring camp, they played a, you know played an exhibition match against FC Tucson, and in that game, Toyama actually scored three, a hat trick, yeah. three goals yeah. in the second half. So that's why I'm going to be a little off. In this so maybe he should start. I hope. I, um, I felt like we did, and and you know maybe it was just oh boy, I forgot was it uh, El Paso that we were playing that was maybe it was just a really bad day for them at the office, but like. Hero, Paulo, and Don, I thought, was a really solid front three that just had creativity buzzing about them. And I, and you know, I think that like if you if we went with that tonight, maybe that's the, maybe that's the key. Just give it enough time for that yeah. three to gel. But, but we'll see what happens tonight. I don't know what our expected plans are. So, one last question for you guys. And obviously, you guys can hang around for the last few minutes before we end this as well. In terms of the partnership with Minnesota United, obviously you guys have Toy, you have Sinclair, uh, Omsberg. Manly. Manly. Uh, there, there's also that one guy. That, yeah, him. Yes. That we bought uh, that's only been playing in Madison. Yeah. Yeah. Do you guys feel do you guys feel that it's it's beneficial? Or do you think that it, it's holding back some other players? Now I know I, I listened to Let Me Be Forward, uh, and Baxter was talking to, I want to say it was your gaffer, and he mentioned that um, it's been good, but now that the players have been gone for the last month, he wishes that they were there. Now, you mentioned, Ian, that uh, Toy has been a little bit disconnected, maybe. Um, I mean, do you feel like it's been beneficial? Do you like the fact that they're there? Do you think that the ability for Minnesota to just kind of pull them away at the last second is difficult to deal with? I, I don't. I don't think it's. I don't want to say it's that difficult to deal with because we do have quality players. Like we we, we are not lacking depth to an extent in, in a lot of regards. Um, there are some positions that are hard pressed to find someone as good as what we we found in some of our Minnesota yep. some Minnesota counterparts. Um, I, all in all, I, I I don't I don't mind the partnership. I don't I don't think it's a detriment as much as a benefit, especially in this first season. Um, anything. So I'd say you know, regardless of whether or not they're playing, because like I've you know I'm a little fanboyed over like. Carl Schneider, and I think he's done pretty well. I mean, there's been good and bad moments, but like, you know, that's a position you gotta fight Carter Manley for. Sure. Yeah. Whether or not Carl or Carter is the one who's playing that position, having the quality off of Minnesota United means that, like, okay, people really gotta put their best foot forward to say, I'm the one who should be on that field, and I think that that brings a certain degree of just extra motivation. Right. Uh, you know, I... Ultimately, I think that I don't know to what degree. Uh, I don't know to what degree Coach Shore thinks about like, okay, I should play these people because they're on loan or not. Uh, but ultimately, regardless of whether or not they're playing, I think that that it provides 
the impetus for others to improve their game, whether it's just through professional uh, or like the professionalism that they bring, or the or just the, and the competition. And I think everybody benefits from that. Coach Torres has communicated, you know, time and time again that every single person earns their minutes. Um, no favoritism is no favoritism is given based on where they're from or who they are. Um, so, you know, with, with that being said, I, I think it does create that that sense of if I want that spot, I need to work hard for it. You know, and I so I don't think once again I don't I don't think them being on the squad or them getting minutes does anything to hurt us. If anything, I think it, it creates kind of that that drive and that passion for people to work harder to earn that spot in the place of a Minnesota Loney or, you know, anybody else. I'd like to make a point. Like, I understand why we brought him back being the Open Cup and being with so many friendlies getting to play with players that they would normally play with. If, like, right. when they if they come in and when they play first team with the Loons. But, I mean, like, on the downfall, it's like that minute or Madison loses some decent right. like a decent center back and let and it was the right back I think Manly is yeah, yeah right yeah. so alright so we're going to talk US Open Cup very briefly because my goodness we're very long winded apparently uh, so this obviously affects you because you guys are in the US Open Cup as well we're in the US yeah. Open Cup as well. it's alright uh, but let's talk the format you know you have an, a situation where the USSF has an opportunity to really grow soccer across the country, and it doesn't really feel like they're doing a whole lot to do that. And, it, you know, I, I brought up little petty things like uh, Minnesota United in their announcement for the Houston match, it was it was three MLS balls. And I was like, well, why, why is it the MLS ball? Why isn't it a Nike ball, because that's USF sponsor. Why is MLS even remotely connected to this? Because it's USSF. If they just changed it to be, this is USSF, we're going to use Nike balls when the, when the games are played. This has nothing to do with Major League Soccer, other than the fact that their teams are in it. Wouldn't that attract more attention wouldn't it help the lower division teams feel more welcomed, more a part of the tournament? Yeah. Because I mean, ultimately, that's what it's about. I mean, it's about, it's just like the FA Cup, it's just like the, the League Cup, it's just like all the other cups across Europe, which I should know more about, but I don't, where you bring all these lower division teams in. And you give them the opportunity to win a piece of silverware at the end of the yeah. yeah, you mentioned the FA Cup, and I mean, like, that's, I don't, like, how long has the Lamar Hunt U.S. Open Cup been played since 1914? It's one of the longest. But I think what's important for Minnesota is, is or not Minnesota, but United specifically, but MLS, is to, it's, it's centrifuge, it's, like MLS, it's too MLS centric, I guess. Is right. What I'm trying yeah. to say, and what you really should do in the United States is be growing the game of soccer. So maybe it's ending these regional draws earlier. You know, maybe making forcing the MLS teams to travel. Yep. Because how are you going to grow the team? You get you get an MLS team to go into a smaller market, and, and that's always been my thing. My thing is, if it were me. I would eliminate regional draws. Yeah. I would eliminate everything. USSF has 
millions and millions of dollars. I would like to see them put some of that money in there. And if lower club teams should play MLS club teams from all over the country, and they should be funded by USSL. Right. It should just be an open, open cup. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. So, so I was, if I can hop in real quick, yeah, I know, I know, just that's something that you know, I understand that there's a certain amount of team budget that makes it infeasible to say, oh, I'm not going to have a team from Orlando area, just as an example, fly all the way out to Portland area. That doesn't make sense for a team that's amateur, right? So I understand the idea to do regionalization at that level. And I, I think I support that unless USF wants to start pitch, pitching out funds. Sure, that's going to be a heck of a conversation to convince them, hey, spend more money on this. Right. But, you know, in an ideal world, that would be the way you go. But otherwise, I'm okay with regionalization through there. But then I think, I think this is similar to what... Twelman was proposing, if not exactly, but like I fully support. Like, okay, bring MLS in an extra round earlier, and then, yeah, maybe you say I'm going to hold all of my lower regional teams first, and then make the MLS teams go travel there with no regionalization, because then, yeah, you do have Portland and Seattle play each other every stinking year. It's it's not, same with us in boring. Kansas City. It's stupid. Yeah. Why couldn't yeah. you have a Portland versus Seattle final if that was just how it happened to happen? For, for example, you know? And, you know, we came real close in our first year to being able to play ultimately what was going to be Chicago, right? you know? You, you knew it was going to happen. It could have been Minneapolis, but, you know, uh, why wouldn't you put, make that available right. to teams? Because like, I feel like we basically eliminated, you know, like any lower-level teams basically got knocked out in that final round, I think, right? right? So you really strangled the opportunity for a really true giant killing by forcing them to wait so long. One round earlier, you'd have had us and a uh, couple other teams that were of really like true giant killing capa- capability, right? I'm not going to call one league level giant killing, right? That's not what it is. Chicago got everything that deserved in that match because they played like garbage. But, you know, that's not a giant killing. St. Louis is still a pretty good team. You yeah, know? Right. But something like, you know, Chicago coming to Madison, that's a huge deal. That's right. that means, hey, I get to take on I get to take on the top. I get to really show that like I might be down in this league because I don't have the budget, but I can I can play with you guys for one game. Right. And I agree. And how great would it be to see Sporting Kansas City play in Green Bay. Yeah, right. that's or, another great example. Or Detroit City go play, you know, LAFC. Yes. How, yes, yes, how yes. awesome would that be? And like I said, it's the money's there. They're making, like I said, hundreds of millions of dollars. The yeah. money's there. I mean, sure, you're going to have, you know, Orlando or Orange County FC. You start those teams off first just to, I won't say eliminate them, but... You start the very, you know, the amateur clubs off first, and then you you bring in USL one and two at the same time, and then you bring in the championship and MLS at the same time, and you, but you eliminate regionalization. Yeah. That way, you know, we're not playing sport in Kansas City every year, and is there a, you guys end up playing, you know, fire is there or somebody every a good year. Good point for regionalization, and because like it does cost, make sense cost. to travel. It does cost. Yeah, because yeah, well, I mean, yeah. but no, I mean, in the sense that like it makes sense for like. Some team in Pennsylvania to play some other team in Pennsylvania while we're figuring this out. So and then, like, 
the last round or something like of like round three. That's where it ends, and now it's yeah. LA. Yeah, yeah, I, I can definitely see like where it's the, the very lower rounds. Right. They have that regionalization, but once, especially once MLS is in, I think it should be wiped yeah. out. I think USSF needs to be paying money out to make sure these yeah. teams can travel. And, and Twelman's yeah. point, I mean, I, his his main points were growing the game, yeah. basically. And and by growing the game, you're going to grow the tournament. I mean, when you have a match like take Sporting KC at Minnesota earlier this week, when you have 7,700 people show up, I mean, what do you have to lose? By making these changes that we're talking about. I mean, I, I think about, I think about where you know in England, a team like Chelsea will travel to Huddersfield Town, and it's like they don't need to grow the game. They've had the game for a century. It's admittedly a much smaller country, but yeah, yeah. But but that's still. where that's where it's like. Uh, beyond a certain point, like it makes sense in rounds one, two, that people are playing against their you know localish rivals. Right. But after that, once MLS is involved, exactly throw the throw the money, make it a make it an event that Ford Madison could host Atlanta or exactly. LA or yeah. Salt I mean, Lake can you imagine like if that. you guys were hosting LAFC at Breeze Field? I mean, that would be incredible. Yeah. I just think it would be. Yeah. I'd still love to see a Madison uh, Minnesota match. Well, like yeah. uh, uh, <laughs> not a friendly. No, <laughs> I'm, I'm just thinking, you know, LA right now is probably yeah. the bee's knees when it comes to MLS teams. What that would be fantastic for a team in in Madison's situation to be able to to bring in a LAFC and be able to to have their fans experience that. And it, giant killers happen all the time. I mean, it, it does. And well, look at New, if you want to call Colorado a giant, but New Mexico beating them in, in penalties. Sure. I mean, but still, even still, that's that's I mean, still Colorado decent. Colorado is pretty huge. I mean, they, I hear they beat Minnesota this year. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, yeah we don't like to talk about that. <laughs> I would classify them as a giant. Right, right yeah. there. Yeah, they beat us one. <laughs> Getting me to bring up short top. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, we forgive you. <laughs> all right, so, I mean, like, we've all agreed we could talk an hour for this. Right, um, yeah. But, unfortunately, my, my computer is potentially telling me that we can't. So, let's quickly, let's just do World Cup. Aaron's World Cup. I originally... Excellent, thank you for ha- stopping by. Absolutely. I'll see you guys at the tailgate. We'll see you there in a little bit. I originally wanted to get a bit controversial. We can do but that. We're not, we're, we don't have time. Okay. 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 Just okay. So maybe we should just congratulate the U.S. women. On we will congratulate the U.S. women on a phenomenal win of of thirteen to zero against Thailand. Opening the group stage. That was, we will ignore the controversy that has erupted. You can regarding the potential run-up of score, which I have no issue with, the potential celebration of goals, which I probably maybe am against. We, we're going to have a good argument. See, we just don't uh, have. Time. I, I, I see as like if they don't celebrate, that's not like respecting their opponent. Like if they, it, it, it's I hand mean, hand with running up the yeah, score. I mean if. You, I did run up the score and run up the score. I don't care. I was I celebrating the entire the time. <laughs> I the, the reality is they played a phenomenal game. Yeah. 
And it, they they did very well. I would have scored the 13th goal and ran to the Thailand supporters and, and pointed at the I mean, of my they, shirt. But that's I'm that guy. So <laughs> Carly Lloyd and like everybody like they talked to the goalkeeper after they talked to the, the Thailand players after, and they were all like, "Hey, don't give up. I mean, you lost 13-0, but don't give up. You're still." in a competition it's, a good, it, it's good sportsmanship yeah, it's a good point yeah you know I I, I would even though I, I disagree with this, some of the celebrations some of the celebrations um, I I fully support the US women's team in their pursuance to just completely destroy if you scored, Brady, maybe we'd like to come stay off when do Deutsche best so we literally have one listener that would be able to <laughs> Yeah, that's okay. <laughs> He'll know what I'm talking about. Or she. That's all he, I mostly he. Mostly he. That's all I have to say, John. Uh, uh, the the U.S. plays uh, Chile tomorrow. Chile and they finish with uh, Sweden. Yeah, they, Sweden. Play, they play Sweden. On Thursday. Yeah, um, so. so actually, by the time you hear this, they will have probably beaten Chile. Hopefully, I, uh, that would be my assumption. Yeah. Um, Hopefully, thirteen nil. <laughs> Another it might not be thirteen. I, I don't think it's going to be ten nil. Okay, okay, ten nil. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, uh, in, in terms of groups, we've got uh, France, Germany, Italy, England uh, have all and Canada uh, are all leading just, their groups. Canada's playing. Who just as we speak, New Zealand, uh, winning, Holland, winning one zero. Netherlands moved up today too as well. Netherlands moved up today. Yeah. Um, so obviously, people have got to watch the World Women's World Cup. I, I think people uh, kind of discount it a bit because it's horrible women's sports. Bullshit. They're fantastic athletes. Yep. Agreed. They they deserve all the recognition and support they can get. Absolutely. And. Um, and it's been competitive. It's, I mean, yes. Yeah. I, I know if Minnesota brought the, if Allianz Field brought the women's national team, that game would sell out like instantly. Agreed. Yeah. Because I, I think there's, it's just something about the women's team compared to men's team where the men's team's growing. That too. And a lot of. I don't want to roll us off the women's World Cup, but what are you expecting for the uh, U.S. men's national team? I, I I didn't buy yeah I didn't buy tickets but I I still think it'd be are you talking the first match or the U.S. match the U.S. match the U.S. match, so the US match I expect it to be a sellout yeah I, I, I would I expect do. I do you think it'll be full I ex- I expect it to be full only because it's the U.S. team in Allianz so I did a search on SeatGeek yeah for eight groups of eight yes and I count. I, I counted 111 separate groups of eight tickets available. I, I know, but I've looked at it a couple times. I wasn't planning. I didn't buy tickets when they first announced it. Yeah, I wasn't sure if I could go, but I, I looked at it again, but I'm probably still not going to go. I, I had tickets, and then when I saw it was 9 p.m., I sold. And I sold them for, I actually took a loss. It, it, it just doesn't work for me, but yeah. I, I really hope that. So I expect a lot of American outlaws. Yeah. That can't get into the supporter section with the outlaws okay. to start buying up all those tickets because they normally the outlaws normally travel five six thousand 
Right. Biker gang. So no, the American Outlaws. Oh, okay. Sorry. <laughs> so I expect them to start. Bo- I, ex- I, <laughs> I expect them to, because a lot of a lot of the tickets are available. I've looked at CB, even though I have tickets are on that end of, of Allianz. That's true. They yeah. Are. I, so yeah. I've taken a couple of looks at it. Just like, uh, yeah, maybe maybe if I want to go, but it's just it's on a Tuesday, and I don't want to yeah, take I off know. on Wednesday. I'll tell you what, like, I mean, I, I went to my first Gold Cup game a few years ago in Kansas City, actually. The U.S. was taking on Panama, and I mean, it was a thrill, I mean, for me. So, I mean, if anybody's listening to this, like, if, if this comes available Monday night or something, and tickets are available for Tuesday night's game. I highly recommend it. So, I mean, I'm, it doesn't matter, but Canada just took the 2-0. to zero So, Canada's moving through. Yeah. Um... So back to the World Cup. Do we think U.S. win? I don't. I, you don't. Who do you I, think? I, I, I think I think we'll get to the final, but it's going to be tough. Team beating France. Yeah, I I think it could be tough. It'll be tough to get to the final. I think. I was this. I was well, compared to years past. Sorry. I had the men's team still in my head. <laughs> yeah, the women's team. The women's team. <laughs> yeah, it, there's there's nobody that can. I, there's nobody on there that level. In this tournament. Like, is it like the? I mean, they're potentially set up to meet France in the. Is it the quarters or semis? If things. Fall? I, I, I think it is the quarters. Yeah. But even still, I, I I think we could win. But it compared to years past, compared to like. You think it's watch- hands down? There's there's nobody. The U.S. team is. There's there's a lot more competitive. There's a lot. Germany barely won their past two games. From what I from what I've seen, because I've watched, I've I've made it an effort to try to watch all the top teams. Yeah. The U.S. team is just—they're in a different gear. Than, yeah, I, they, they are. They, yeah, yeah, I would agree. I mean, but at the same time, I—I watch. You know, we watched the Spain uh, South Africa. Yes. And it, I thought Spain looked phenomenal, and then Germany beat Spain. It's a—it's okay. at least a lot more competitive this this time around. There's a lot more. There's a lot more teams that they were saying that can win it. Potentially, I, I I don't think America will blow out the final like they did against Thailand. Sure, but, I, yeah. but still, it's not going to be thirteen. Yeah, it's not going to be like ten nil or something like that. Three right. nil, three one. But all right, okay. Well, you have something to read. Yeah, I guess I better. Um, I just you know just want to follow up this episode. First of all, I want to thank uh, everybody, Brady and Thomas and Corey and Chad, for joining us. Ian and Connor. And then Ian and Connor from the flock as well. We were thrilled to have them, especially being here in Madison. I'm thrilled to be going to the uh, Ford Madison. I I, I was at their home opener. It's pretty fun. And that's, that's of course, why we're here, why we're sitting at One Barrel tonight. So I want to thank One Barrel and and Adam from One Barrel as well for hosting us and having us. But... uh, yeah, so I do have to thank our sponsors. Uh, first being Golden Press. They are your best choice to get your custom shirts, hats, mugs, and other items for just yourself or your organization. Check out their amazing products at a fraction of the price of other places at goldengoldpress.com. And also thanks to Roughneck Stars, the official scarf supplier to MLS, USL, and US Soccer. Get your custom scarves for your group or team at roughneckstars.com. All right. So, and I would like to say we are on Twitter, Facebook, 
you can hear us on iTunes, Spreaker, SoundCloud, uh, Google Podcast. That's how I was. Spotify. Listen. Thank you. <laughs> um, we are part of the BGN and we are part of the BGN Network. Network. BGN.fm, which as well as Podcast Minnesota. Yes. Podcast M I N N dot com. And you can tell that Tony usually does this. Yes. And that's, <laughs> um, it goes, it goes, and that actually Tony is very good at doing all that and, and pulling this podcast together. We clearly miss Tony. We wish we, he was here. I know he wishes he was here. And we wish his daughter the best. Of course. Uh, which we didn't actually discuss. And a shout out to his wife. It's been a rough, a rough week for yeah, the Covenant. Yeah, I know that uh, Kelly uh, actually sprained both her ankles, broke three toes. It was a uh, uh, kids on the block concert incident. Yeah, so it's, I don't have all the specifics. That makes sense. It does make sense now that <laughs> you put it in a context. But no, wishing the Permanenses uh, much better luck in the coming weeks. Yes. Again, we miss Tony being here. Thanks yes. for listening, anyways. Yeah, and we'll wish uh, Ford Madison luck tonight against FC Tucson. And again, we have uh, Minnesota United against Houston in the Dylan Wolpers Open Cup Derby, whatever it's called. Uh, on Tuesday night, the U.S. men's national team on Tuesday. Again, the U.S. women's national team tomorrow against Chile. And Thursday. And Thursday against Sweden. Um, from One Barrel Brewing in Madison, Wisconsin, with Chad Corey, Thomas, um, uh, Brady, my God, why is my brain shutting down, um, Ian and Connor earlier, and Dave Stevens. This is David Sterling. Thank you. Celebrate the 4th of July from the comfort of home and save on must-haves during Kohl's Friends and Family Sale. This Thursday through Sunday, take an extra 20% off festive tops for the family, patio furniture, and get 10% off outdoor toys. Plus, get Kohl's cash. Plus, limited contact store drive-up. Shop Kohl's and Kohl's.com. Offers valid June 25th through 28th. 20% off with promo code FAMILYSHOP. 10% off toys, offers, and coupons do not apply. Select styles. Some exclusions apply. See store or Kohl's.com for details.